0: You're listening to 33.3 FM. You should have your radio dials tucked away somewhere easy to find, and I hope this transmission is coming in loud and clear for your sakes. As always, I'm Frank, being joined by the ever lovely Thompson.
1: Thompson, how are you doing today? Thompson is all right. Thompson is kind of sleepy, but Thompson will be willing to engage in once more of these conversations about a role playing game. Is that what we're going with again? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're going with. What exactly are we talking about
0: today here? Then we are talking about idiots. Have you ever encountered a idiot? Oh, okay, yeah. Before we delve further into this, um, we have a guest today,
2: don't we, listeners? Well, they don't know that. Oh, they do now. A very quiet guest,
1: in fact.
0: And to be fair, with some of our listeners, they probably did. (laughs) Let's be real here.
1: Well, some of those listeners should shut the fuck up and stop leaving comments before we've aired. Hold on.
0: Uh, we've been joined by, uh, one, yeah, here we go, uh, Magnificent Top Hat, Uh, is that right? Yes, that is
2: right, congratulations, you got my name right. Uh, Is that your actual name? Uh, yes, it is my real name. You can call me Top Hat, it's a shorter. So are you actually
1: a piece of apparel, or is that just a moniker? Sadly, no, it is, it is just the name. Um, we are talking about Videomancy in in Particular. Um, now, videomancy is a form of magic uh, based on television. Now, for the edification of our listeners, I would like to open the floor to Top Hat because he is a pony, which means he doesn't know anything, which is good because I would like him to speculate what is a videomancer. Now, I'm going to explain to you in fairly simple terms, uh, Mr. Hat. What how magic or specifically adept magic works. I, I thought you wanted me to speculate first. Well, no, I want to give you the basic, uh, basis the usual basis on how most adept magic works. We're cherry live on record here, folks. This is a trigger event. Basically, most forms of adept magic will need to generate something called charges, some people call it mojo. Um, Something I'm fond of that
0: on. one myself. Charges makes it like charging an electric scooter, right? There's no, no mysticism to it.
1: No, there's not. I prefer, yeah, mojo or uh, getting your rocks in. I've heard that before. Uh, there's lots of different variant words. Each cultist will like to have his own terminology, which makes things confusing. But uh, the, the general sort of normie version is to charge. Um, there are three levels of charges minor significant and major Uh, to get a charge of each type will require a different form of action or a different level of action Uh, now as an adept you also have a taboo something that you cannot do lest you lose all your mojo so every form of adept magic will have its own uh, random magic domain domain through which they can Exert their influence upon the world. Okay. Um, so, what do you think, Videomancy is, Mister Hat?
2: Well, to be honest, the more you explain it to me, the less I felt confident of my own answer. Originally, I was going to rattle off something about uh, divination through the magic of television, um, but clearly, that's not the case. Uh, I guess you watch TV or, or movies, and you build up your magical charges, and those allow you to um, uh, exercise your your occult power over. Recorded film media somehow. I'd say,
1: hey, you aren't like right on the money,
0: but you're, you know, around the edge of the target.
1: I think your first um, idea, your first speculation uh, wasn't completely off point. There are some diviners who use television, um, but they're not videomancers. They're usually doing their own unique thing. But Videomancer is a, Videomancy is an established school which means it has been codified somewhat. Now, uh, do you want to go into this, Frank, or should I just give a quick rundown of what it is? Yeah, sure. Videomancy
0: is in kind of an interesting place right now, right? Because, well, television's in a rather an interesting place right now. Um, for Videomancy, since it you know first started really coming around in the 80s with Betamax and stuff, uh, it, it was always... I mean, Videomancy is about television, but it's also about videotapes and sort of the ecosystem between the two. Back in the analog TV days, at least, now that we've moved digital, things have changed for a while. Now, I think Videomancy was able to sort of keep things up back during the DVD days, right?
1: Yeah, it was. When DVDs were more popular, you did see more videos around, or at least they were noisier. Um, I think the larger problem has been the change in how we watch television just the sheer number of people watching through the internet media, watching Netflix, things like that, it changed. The broadcast was very important for vidiots. And having that, that having changed, it has lost a lot of its uh, social relevance. And relevance to the collective unconsciousness is a very important part of these sort of things, even though not really in terms of sustaining the power of older vidiots, because older vidiots, they're still around. But you don't get as many new videots these days. It's one of the older forms of magic um, in certain terms.
0: Well, I mean, we we've also lost the whole physical component of it after a while, right? Exactly. yeah. That tangibility is important. Yeah, like you know, I mean, fuck man, DVDs, you have a like a silvered rainbow mirrored disc solely from the symbolic presence of that there's power there going back to the vhs tape and sort of its origins vhs tapes ended up beating out Betamax, which is because of porn but that's a whole nother thing we don't need to get into yet i'm thinking that videos are basically going the way of uh mechanomancy and i mean hell mechanomancy is going through a small renaissance right now with all those steampunk kids right
1: well the steampunk kids are a bit of a offshoot of some of the effects McKenomancy has. Um, but McKenomancy has been dying for... <clears throat> I think I'm dying with my voice. McKenomancy has been dying for the last 50 years. Uh, McKenomancy has some weird legs. McKenomancy's been dying for the last 200, man. And it's still around, so... Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I think we will still have to deal with old-school video monsters for a while. I think one of the bigger differences is, as you were talking about the silver. Uh, silver disc the silver disc represents an eye a single eye while the videotape was a face now according to paradigmologists this is a significant difference
0: all right could you elaborate there
1: like i get the vibe you're throwing down there but um details details uh, i do not well, well, i i continue <laughs> <laughs> i Talk am not place. a paradigmologist but they do believe that how something looks or what you can see in an object Will have an effect on its magical resonance. So uh, while the videotape was a face, um, you, so you could interact with it, so you could look at it, and you were the you were a subject observing an object. So you could exert power over that object, and that object was a face. So it was another person, similar to another person. While a DVD and indeed a CD is an eye. And it's a mirrored eye, so it's looking at you, and you can see yourself in the eye. And that has a major effect. How do Blu-rays fit into this? Well, I don't know. As I said, I'm not a
2: parodologist. I mean, Blu-rays are just fancy, more expensive DVDs. I would imagine that they'd fit into a similar category, just more expensive.
0: Well, that's kind of the thing, right? Is that we the whole idea of physical media has shifted to more like uh you know, enthusiast type deal, yeah. right? Where it's not like you're recording an episode you like off of live television and just storing it somewhere. No, you're like, all right, I'm getting season six of Bones. And I really like Bones and I want to have a physical recording of that so that I can watch that whenever I want. But even that's getting disrupted with, you know, streaming and stuff, right? The whole, the, this whole concept of scheduling that was Video Videomancy's wrapped up and of tuning in to... The latest transmission of whatever your favorite entertainment was, it was a scheduled thing. It was this thing where you'd look at the TV guide, you'd see when it was coming up, and it was like a little mini-event every week.
1: I mean, that's gone now. I don't think it's completely gone. It certainly exists more in certain areas of the world than other areas, um, and certain demographics still pay attention to what the guide is. Um, and what they could what if something is on at a certain time. Um, because, uh, okay, I'm just going to explain the charging structure as I understand it. Um, to generate a minor charge in Videomancy, you would watch a rerun of your show from one time, beginning to end, missing nothing, not even a single commercial. So you would sit down and watch an episode of Seinfeld if that was your, as they call a fetish show. Uh, every video would have at least one fetish show, uh, which they would charge off, and it could be anything. To get a significant charge, which allow- gives you a bit extra mojo and allows for more powerful spells, um, you'd watch a new episode of your focus program or your fetish program from beginning to end. Um, now, the one of the most powerful forms of videomancy was nightly news broadcast-based fetishists. Because they were always counted as new episodes, um, but you could also do it with sitcoms. You could do it with you could do it pretty much anything as long as it was a new episode of an established, um, coherent program.
0: There's sort of like a balance you got to strike, right? Because you know if you go for someone that they'll come out with new seasons and it's like one a year, right? Then it's like I'm getting fewer charges, but I don't need to keep this up all the time. Yeah,
1: it was you made a choice uh, in terms of how much. You wanted how much um, responsibility or you wanted to put on yourself because choosing something that was so regular as a um, fetish program that was nightly was very useful, but also a huge risk um, in terms of anything that would get in the way of you watching that program would cause you to taboo. Because if you miss it, any episode of your show when it's broadcast where you are, um, you would lose all your charges. So it was fairly easy. Um, to you know screw with the video so in that way i I've heard about people who would be sitting down um, just to watch the the news and get their power back having stored up you know you'd have people who would just hoard it um, and they and their enemies would just cut the power to their house or sometimes they would even do jamming um, like physical television signal jamming or even uh, things like that so it was easy to fuck with. And you could lose a lot in one fell
0: swoop. Here's my question, right? Did you get to choose your fetish show? Oh yes, that was a very personal choice. So that's the thing. Like, is it something that's made sort of unconsciously?
1: Well, or... i I've heard different differing accounts. I've heard from some people be um, people who were inducted into the school would often be given a uh, a fetish show or inducted into a fetish show by an older videomancer or a more experienced video videomancer, um, some idiots believed um, that their fetish show was the only magical show. Um, this is a common occurrence where when there's an established school, um, they will have, even though there's established schools and established rules, different individuals are going to have different ideas about how it works. And most people are wrong all the time, as we've talked about before. So it would vary. Some people would end up, I heard about idiots who would end up with a fetish show that they absolutely despised um, and others who usually when a apprentice, when a young um, adept in training is being inducted into a school of magic, it will go through a similar process each time in which there will be a moment of, it's like the seven stages of grief, but it's the seven stages of magic uh, learning. Um, and it usually ends with a breakdown in relations between the teacher and the student, um, often violent. And that would often, with videots, come in the form of the videot in some symbolic act severing his connection with the fetish show of his teacher and choosing his own.
0: The news junkie that's interesting because, like, I find it hard to believe that they'd be like, oh man. Can't wait to listen to the latest episode of Fox and Friends.
1: Some people like that. Some people, even even if they hate uh, Fox and Friends or if they hate conservative media, um, they would enjoy it for the fact that it makes them angry, and sometimes that will help them. I was
0: asking that because, you know, I've heard about the major charge method for these guys. That little wrinkle makes things pretty interesting as far as the whole whether or not you're choosing your favorite show, right? Would like to go into that, Mr. Thompson? Well,
1: yeah, it is a fairly, well, it's not simple process. Um, to generate a major charge is to star in an episode of your chosen program. And to star, you should be on screen at least 50% of the time. Now, I believe that number is a rough ballpark figure. I've heard that some people have been able to be on screen less of the time. Um, but as long as they make more of it that make an impact of some kind, they will get the major charge. It varies. So this is quite difficult. Um, the classic example is from those who charge from news broadcasts, they will somehow, through various means and methods, take up a position reading the news for one day. This has happened a couple of times. It's one of the easier methods, but it's also not not that easy. And one of the rules of all forms of adept magic is you can't use magic to generate magic. So it's a challenge. Uh, it's even more of a challenge to, you know, my favorite show is Rick and Morty. I can't appear on Rick and Morty unless I was a voice actor. And that is a whole process. And to be a successful voice actor. Do you need to physically appear on the show? Yes. yeah, to physically appear on the show. I believe that with animation, the voice actors would work. Uh, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I haven't really heard of any cartoon video right? Oh there there are definitely Simpson mancers. Absolutely famous Simpson mancers. Why do you think it's still running?
0: Uh, well, I mean, here's my theory, right? I think this whole the whole major charge method here that explains a lot about the good 10-year wave of reality television that we had to be subjected to. Oh, that is a good point. Uh, I mean, you think that's a secret conspiracy just to build up charges. I think you have a lot of just narcissistic people hoping to be on TV for a long time. And you know, someone is just they wanted fifteen minutes. But I'm sure there were a few videomancers in there just hoping to get into that long enough, hoping to get on to that last episode or two that gives them that sweet spot of half the screen time.
1: Get them that major
0: charge and then God knows what
1: they do after that. I've also heard things about um certain shows cops for example and also any kind of like um true crime show like some of the more morally corrupt videomancers they have been known to do certain acts in the hope of appearing on a true crime show through which they would get a major charge usually they just dramatize them so can you get that charge if you're being depicted by an actor i believe you can if they use your real photo on the show. Because then the Okay the actor becomes a proxy of sorts. You think Ted Bundy was
2: a videomancer? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> if he was, I think we'd have more to worry about. Ted Bundy, all things to old people. There's a big old rabbit hole
0: you can go down in regards to speculating which serial killers or chargers are chargers or not. And God, uh we've covered that territory before. So, you know, the original Videomancy is sort of dying, but, well, who knows, maybe it'll die in the same way Mechanomancy did, right? I think there's always going to be old-school media enthusiasts. You got guys that collect 8-tracks. I'm sure you're going to have guys that still record their favorite shows every day, have some crazy converter set up. We're sort of... I mean, the original version of it... I've heard of some like old-school Videomancy, right, that went into some kind of uncomfortable territory.
1: You heard about these guys, Stormson? Ah, uh, this is from back in 2001. Um, in the account written by the mage, Greg Stolls, and the itinerant wizard, John Tynes, I believe that it came out in the second edition of that uh, document. Um, so early, this was probably way back in... Like the earliest reference I can find to video mancy the the whistleblower version comes back the wayback machine uh says it's dates back to two thousand one I'm not sure I think was the second edition published in two thousand two um, maybe not. Let's check here from uh it could be with this this online document could indeed be yeah two thousand two is what I'm getting. So that makes sense. Um, This particular version was written by a man named Jared Sorensen. What do you think about this particular school? This seems like the type of school that you see,
0: for lack of a better term, this seems like a bunch of sleeper bullshit. This is like the exact sort of dramatized, sensationalized stuff that you'd see from things like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, we got some guy that gets his rocks off from making videotapes and watching stuff now let's have him literally get his rocks off in the worst way possible it goes back to all those urban legends that you heard back in the day like of snuff films and stuff i'm sure a few of those things exist i figure most of them are probably more cannibal holocaust territory
1: you know what i mean that's more like the video nasty era sort of stuff yeah, uh,
0: I mean, but this seems—this sounds like shit that's coming straight out of that, man. That
1: true. Um, although on my second read-through, I had some ideas of. I mean, how much can you even it. trust this?
0: You know, how much can you trust even
1: all this you, stuff? You pull can't, off you can't the really internet, trust right, anything that you pull off the internet, as we've seen before. Trust no one. That's right. Now, if you were a video manor, you would watch the X Files. That is. You'd be very excited because they have new episodes. I think he again. would
0: be in kind of bad shape considering the whole sig charge method there. Yeah. They had the new season a couple of years ago. That would
1: have been a major thing.
0: Uh, that's true. I'm not sure they're gonna do any more, but hey, I mean I'm sure there were some video some X Files video managers still around that were disproportionately ecstatic for that coming out.
1: Well, the X Files has had a lot of different uh and Majors and parts of the occult underground which fetishize the x-files in different ways has been a major problem over the last three decades so how do you how do you come to terms
2: with that like you've got your show that you watch to get your charges and your show goes to shit and maybe you start enjoying another show you're stuck with the first one or can you perform like the same ritual that you did and switch i believe switching was possible you can
0: have more than one fetish show but it you know, that means there's another show you got to watch every
2: time. So you've got more of a risk of breaking your taboo. Yeah.
1: Now, if you broke your taboo with one show, I mean, I guess you could just not ever pick it up again um, and just let it go, let it slide and fetishize another show. But I think that I believe that that process differed for each video about how they were able to attune a particular program um, in the usual way some. You know, some animal sacrifice, some old school people, some tantric uh, methods. Uh, there were various ways you could attune to a fetish show. As Some just started watching something. I mean, it varied. God, there's been so much change in television over the years that, I mean, what
0: happens when a Videomancer's show gets cancelled? Well, they shit out of luck. Where do you think this is going, Dormson, like, nowadays? Like, we've talked about sort of, like, there's always going to be a few stragglers every, I mean, fuck, you still got, you know, snake worshippers around and stuff, right? And that's honestly not that weird. But, you know, certain, if we keep going back to Mechanomancy, certain schools are a lot harder to keep practicing. I mean, the thing about a a lot of types of magic, right, is when one begins to die, like, three different
1: ones spring up out of its ashes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, when changes happen to some, if, if, if a magical school is, um, channeled through some kind of physical medium and there are changes to that medium in society or the world at large, the school has to adapt. And this always, this usually adapts, not in the form of single individuals but the people who come after them. Like many old videomancers are just going to go to their graves, um, doing it the old way, the old. 1980s, eighties nineteen nineties method, um, and that's just normal. That's part of the process. But new video are not going to do that. Um, what we have today is so many uh, young people will just be watching, will be bingeing Netflix and things like that. Especially where there is a there is a bit of a divide between. Like um, a, this isn't even a Zoomer thing. This millennials doing it too. Oh yes, but you'll find I've noticed with a lot of younger millennials and with Zoomers, um, uh, they have uh, been more influenced by the propagandistic attacks of TV companies of media companies, which make them scared to download anything. Looking at you, Mister Hat. Uh, while older, <laughs> wiser millennials, I apologize for nothing. We'll still use various methods. To get things off the internet, and then occasionally pay for things if they so deign the creators worthy of their hard-earned cash. Cough, cough.
0: Well, yeah, explains a lot to me, actually. I mean, I find it somewhat hard to believe that with torrents and stuff, right? To have so many seeders doing that just out of the goodness of their heart. There, I'm sure there's plenty of seeders out
2: there that are getting some sort of charge off that. Or, or something. Oh yeah. I mean, the word is seeding. If you if you completely come at it from a completely mundane point of view, someone's got to be out there, otherwise the whole thing shuts down. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So many of the words that are related to the way people watch TV these days—streaming, seeding, leeching—these are ripe with occult potential. I heard that last one. Leeching. Yeah. Me neither. Do you know what the word leeching means? No. You're, well, I, I mean, so. when you're downloading from I a know torrent, what it means in the chemical context. A leecher is someone who is taking the seed. Which is part oh, of yes, a file yes. through a BitTorrent server, but think about the different ways leeching can be interpreted on a, in a mystical sense. And CD well, yeah, that a, a leech, is a, leech is, is a moocher for torrents. Yes.
0: Okay, I guess I'm not as tuned into the uh, to the lingo the kids are using nowadays. Pirate culture. Well, pirate culture—that's uh, that's a separate thing. I mean, you know, it makes sense. Nobody likes a leech. It's been an insult for God knows how long. You see with computers and especially just slang surrounding them that there's all sorts of naturalistic metaphors going on. Fuck, I'm there's plenty of overlap with Silicon Valley types and chargers, god knows, but Oh absolutely. Sure plenty of that's intentional.
1: Yes, a lot of it is intentional. Some of it isn't. Um it's just natural synchronicity. I'm thinking with certainly with like things like Netflix, uh and also with downloads. One thing I've noticed a lot of people have started to do, uh, these days we have much more of a culture of binging. Binging television. People will consume television just not even enjoying it, really. Just stuck there watching this show that they can't stop watching because they've already committed to it. And they'll just suffer through it. And then they'll move on to the next show. Um, This is a hugely mystical act you don't even enjoy what you're doing but you still have to do it that is there's so much magic in that yeah stoicism
2: through spectacle well, well so. not to rain on either of your parades but if i might bring the uh the perspective from the younger younger generation go ahead so that is true there are people who binge shows that they're they're stuck with um not to name any names uh because i don't i don't think that's the point of this but binging is, is it's not just that it's also just watching things all in one go Which, from what you've said, seems like a risky business because you know you could lose your charges and you 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 accumulate them all in one go as opposed to drip feeding them. But I mean, I guess you could go with the Stozos angle. But it's it's also just about sitting down and watching a whole bunch
1: of TV all in one go. Yes, but for, for for well adjusted people, it's like that. It's for that. But well adjusted people do not become adepts. Adepts are those who take something that normal people do, fuck it up entirely, and get magic from it. Aha
0: it's like, it's a, it's a worldview thing, right? It's not so much as like, oh, I'm going to binge the new season of Game of Thrones. It's the universe has constructed itself around creating this new season of Game of Thrones. This is the purpose of existence in a literal and metaphysical sense.
2: Well, this would this would explain the continued presence of uh, vidiots who enjoyed the X-Files.
1: Well, vid- well, X-Files, any kind of older show like that, um, one of the advantages of that is that you might not get any significant charges, but often with shows that have a lot of reruns, you can just get, uh, you have minor charges on tap. I know if some people will have their secondary fetish show to be an old show, like The X-Files or like Murphy Brown or whatever it might be, and just get those minor charges. Man,
0: whoever must have chosen The Simpsons must be fucking doing great.
1: They are very tired most of the time, and you can't—you cannot—you can't talk to them. I've tried. You cannot talk to them. They—it's just references. It's thirty years of references. That's all they can oh, say. Oh, Christ! And yeah, like mad. a whole new language. They are really angry at Hari Kondakabalu. Kondakabalu, yeah. They—they—it's so angry. So many of them are from Latin America, um, and they are this madness going on right now. Um, I've believe there's a project to actually bring Apu pedalon into reality. Um, people are trying to stop it, but it's going on. Jesus Christ. Why him? Because that's, that was the whole focus of this thing.
0: All right, shit. So I'm going to assume there are some binge-watching magicians out there, because take any sort of unhealthy obsession or habit, and someone's going to ritualize it. It's just how it works. And I mean, I could imagine this as a minor charge would be going through an entire season of a show you like, right? Because with Netflix and stuff, you can just do that over and over and over again. Sure, but how? Well, how'd you get? How'd you get any siggies or majors in there?
1: I would. That's a good point. Um, for some for a form of magic like that, what do you, what would you think? Like a minor charge would be because it would be too simple if it was a minor charge was to watch a single episode you'd had to watch a season so how would you divide that that's a good question
0: seasons are completely arbitrary thing just chosen by the execs basically
1: so i've, I've I got it ge- you've got okay a season watching a whole season of anything you would get a minor charge you get your significant charge when you hit the end you know how when you hit the end of a show, I had, you hit the end of a show which has not finished. You know that feeling you get when you're watching something? You, you're you like behind on some show, and then you start watching it, and you're like, this is a great show. And you binge it, and you reach that end point, and you're like, God damn it, I have to wait now. That feeling of like impotence, not impotence, but like unresolved sexual tension that you get because you can't watch the next season of Bojack Horseman yet. That is where you get your significant charge from.
0: But there's people out there that binge
1: shows that are completed, right? They're people. God, well, you I then, know, then, you then you don't get your SIG charge because it's finished.
2: Well, you can. You could. Why well, couldn't you get it just by going all the way to the end? You have to watch all the seasons and you have to go, proceed through it: season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up to season n. Or is that not how this works?
1: Because you have to be cuckolded by the media industry.
2: All right, so it's we're we're, we're back to the stoicism and self torture. Now, I think I may have an idea of how these folks make get their majors,
0: right? All the time you hear, you know, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, is renewing an old TV show, right? Now, if these guys were able to, you know, take the show they really like, maybe maybe they aren't even limited, because that's the thing like, about binge watching. You don't really have, like, the show you tune into. You binge watch through whatever the newest thing is put on, there's choice. But, if you uh, are able to get a show on the service an old one that hasn't had seasons
2: for years renewed i was about to suggest that really people who campaign to i mean i, I was thinking more of the the phenomenon of people campaigning to bring back shows that have been recently canceled
1: So like for example if that guy that made the uh, petition for them to remake the final season of game of thrones if they did that he might get a big charge
0: that makes a lot of sense to me now Video Videomancy before had like a few things tied into it, one being like the physical aspect of it, one being sort of the tuning in aspect, the regularity of yes. it, and one being, you know, just dedicating your life to this media. But as far as the physical aspect of it, I think we're headed far more in a fandomy direction, right? And I know that we, there's chargers that are dedicated to that type of deal, but far as the whole regularly tuning in aspect thing, that's sort of getting superseded by YouTube, if anything.
1: Oh, and we have something to talk about in that sense a bit later with the mancy. All right. Yeah, could you go into that a bit more? Oh, I think I would like to swing back to what you were talking about before to the older school videomancy uh, because that works differently. Now, this form of videomancy was focused on the act of recording as opposed to the act of passively receiving. They would get charges from recording things. Um, their minor charge was generated by recording acts of violence or sexual depravity, which is, which is one of my major problems with it because I was like, does it have to be violence or sexual depravity? I mean, by whose metric too, right? Exactly. By whose metric? What is, what is depraved? Is that a word? Uh, depraved duh. what is um and it varies i was thinking that if this school does exist they probably actually get charges from recording acts of emotional resonance or like for example you might get a minor charge if you were to record a marriage proposal at disneyland or something like that sound a lot like cameraturgy honestly i think yeah they probably have some links to each other um there is definitely a Bit of a difference. I think that's the way that
0: Cameroturges uh, get sick charges.
1: That's probably true. Um, Cameroturgy is older than this, um, but cameraturgy is still around. Now, in the Sorensonian old-school video mancy form, you would get your significant charge from recording a violent death. And again, I don't like this charging method. I think it should be something else, like something more significant. But I'm not sure how it... Like something... More generalized, but it could just be the recording of the violent death of someone. If it was just this form of recording acts of violence and death, I would see the older school videomancer to be more likely to be, say, a videographer in a war zone or possibly, um, you know, a crime scene. Like, you know, the, what is that movie about? Uh, the video. Uh,
2: oh, oh. Sociopathic. Uh, videomancer. Uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler.
1: Nightcrawler. I could see. Fantastic that.
0: movie. You know, on the other end of it, BDSM filmmaker. I mean, fuck, is that even sexually depraved at this point? Dude, that's kind of the issue with this. The whole definition of depravity is sort of. You get diminishing returns each time you make a film of it, right? Because you're contributing to its
1: acceptance. I think this is sort of leaning to like a. a on the light end, video drum, on the heavier end, 8mm sort of view of getting fucked up shit onto videotape. And that is a legitimate course you can take, but it gives a bit of an edge lordy an edge lordiness to the whole proceeding. The major charge I do like. It can only be created by recording a cosmic event. Now the biggest example of that is the ascension of the naked goddess, uh, peace be upon her. Now we know a lot of things we can think of a lot of things what would be what could be a cosmic event, like a God walker battle could be a cosmic event. And now this gives me the idea that maybe a significant charge would be recording a historically uh, significant event, something mundanely significant. But again, it's hard to say what would what would count as that.
0: I mean, that's something that you can only tell in retrospect, right? Like, that's very much a right place at the right time situation. That's a, a lot harder to sort of disseminate widely. A video clip doesn't have the sort of potential to become independently iconic the way a photo does. And I think that's probably why that a lot of these guys, I mean, if these guys were even around in the first place and this wasn't just a bunch of sleeper bullshit, I don't really hear about it any of them.
1: It could just be a complete, you know, fake out, um, throw people off. Or just a lot of these guys went into cameraturgy.
0: That sort of media format's a bit more well suited for what they're trying to do. That is true.
1: Um, I think with what the descriptions are. Could right. you. Go ahead, Hatton. Could you film an eclipse?
2: Like the the solar eclipse. It happened two years ago. Yeah, I think I know which one you're referring to.
1: Uh, the, the total one. Was it the... Which, which of the suns? Uh, it's
2: the one where the, 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 the crickets went nuts. Um, though, to be fair, they do that all the time. Well, I was thinking... It's a cosmic. You, you've got different, different definitions of cosmic. You two are clearly talking about spirituality. I can guarantee you, man. Any eclipse
0: is going to be cosmic in some sense. There's someone pulling Mojo from that somewhere. There's probably a lot of people pull Mojo from it man, in a lot of different places. But yeah, honestly, taking a video clip of,
1: of an eclipse
0: is a decent bet
1: especially things as well not just normal eclipses but also involving the moon because the moon to be fair is a mystic slut mm-hmm. as we know but this the when the planets get involved when the planet passes over the face of the well no the when the moon you know what i'm talking about over the face of the sun wait what which which is the one that they say is further away i get confused
0: the moon or the sun? Where are you going at here, Tormson?
1: Yeah, which which is further away, the moon or the sun? Which one goes around the other one? I think the moon is. I think the moon is the moment. The moon is further away. I've heard completely opposite, but uh,
0: again, don't quote me on that. I'm by no means an expert on the moon or the sun.
1: I I do know that you. I know that you can go and see one of them passed down when you if you go and visit the edge, but I'm not sure which one it is, and I can't afford to visit the edge.
0: Getting over the ice wall is really expensive. You need to get a guide and stuff. From what I've heard, I think there's like a couple like cruises
1: you might be able to do. I don't
0: know. It, it's, it's expensive. None of us have the money for it. A cruise
1: through the ice wall, or near the ice wall. Well, I think there's
0: holes in the ice wall.
1: Where does? But the, the, well, the water would leak off then if there were hole, holes in the the weather, how do the oceans not fall off? Uh, water tension. Water tension. Oh, I think gravity is involved too. Well, no, gravity Gravity is a sleeper myth. We know that the Earth is moving up. That's why we stayed down.
2: Well, I mean, if you're going to accept Newton's laws of motion, you might as well accept
1: gravity. Well, Newton was at a, a, an occultist of great power, so I trust him on certain things.
0: You're saying that gravity is a sleeper myth, and I'm pretty sure it's bullshit. Newton had a lot of mojo going on. I'm sh- What if it was a ho- Who, what, it was, what if who's to say it was he
1: did We all believe in this gravity bullshit he came I'm up with st- it with an apple My point apple is so mystically resonant I mean the whole gravity thing could be How oh, who's to
0: say that Newton didn't pull a few major charges himself and put it in Oh place? so
1: you think he established gravity I think Newton invented gravity that's my point This could explain why Icarus was able to fly Exactly I, I think you're remembering the, the myth wrong
2: but I get what you're getting at. He he flew before he didn't fly. Yes, that. All right, cool. We're all on the same page here. Well, I mean, that just seems like a
0: issue with that engineering, right? Those wings didn't look to be very good. I mean, you have wax and feathers, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, this guy. This... That is not.
0: Does not sound like very sound aeronautics.
1: Fun, fun fact it was actually honey. Really? Honey? That... Was, I, I told him it was stupid, but like, it, I don't know. It worked well enough at the start. That would take forever to
2: crystallize though. They had a lot they had a lot of time. They had a lot of time. That is true. They did have enough time to catch all of those pigeons and pluck them one by one. Are they pigeon feathers? Wait, what type of feathers are you were they? P- pigeons are everywhere. Look, man. It's a good guess. It was either pigeons or well, seagulls. That's... But I'd rather try to pluck a pigeon uh, than pluck a seagull. Let's so. not
1: disparage the let's not disparage the pigeon too much. I am very afraid of pigeons. Pigeons are wonderful creatures. Pigeons are wonderful, wise, and correct creatures. Uh, we, I have, I do not besmirch. I'm going to say this right now. I do not besmirch the good name of the Pigeon King. I respect their authority and their sovereignty. Uh, I'm just going to put that right out there, just to avoid any sort of problems. I don't want to ha- what happened to the NBA to happen to me.
0: I would also like to say.
2: Pigeon King, we're a huge fan of you here at 33.3 FM,
0: and
1: we have nothing
0: but good things
2: to say about you. I don't know whether these two are lying through their teeth, but I do actually appreciate pigeons. I think y'all are quite cute, and the rainbow stripe on the back of your necks is a magical thing.
1: It is literally a magical thing, so watch your words. Good on you, man. Um,
2: but yeah, so
0: back to the, the idiots.
1: Yeah, we have got off track here, didn't we,
0: gentlemen? I do apologize.
1: Happens all the time our listeners know that we do this sometimes it's fine let's finish off talking about the old school video mancy here the jared sorenson version uh one thing i kind of like is the fact that they would store x ex- their charges on external batteries so they would get the charge by recording something significant and they would be able to use the charge by viewing the tape and why one thing i like about it is their spell splice would allow them to edit tapes, transfer charges between tapes, and also place spells onto tapes. Uh, They would use this for their attack spell, their blast spell. Uh, If they wanted to fuck up your day, they would put a blast spell onto a videotape and send it to you, and it would only affect you if you watched it. Uh, That's interesting to me. Um, But, I I don't know, this, this, this form, I don't think this document is being all that truthful i think this is sleeper propaganda but something along these lines could work the the thing with the depravity stuff is there's kind of a big
0: diminishing returns thing there because each time you create one of these tapes that act becomes less depraved
2: by people witnessing it if you were clever you could you could try to keep it segregated to different populations uh limited edition i mean it's the internet once it gets out there totally you're, you're fucked Oh Yeah, nowadays. I can see ways, at least in the early aughts, that you could try to squeeze some extra mileage out of your depravity. That sounds like my weekends. That was more information than I wanted to know.
1: Don't even get me started on that.
0: So you were t- talking about this media mancy stuff earlier. We're just going over the past. Let's go down to the present.
1: Yes, um, this particular school appeared on a fandom website on, uh, is it Fandom Wiki or whatever this is called? Um, fanfiction.net not fanfiction.net it was a one of it's yeah no, it was a fandom called fandom a some sort of wiki service this was the unknown army's update wiki um at 21stcenturyua.fandom.com which was a pre third edition attempt or at least that was the cover story to update the so-called setting of the game to like the 21st century, um, to the deeper 21st century than what we had before. Now, this was a form of magic which was based on... It reminds me of infomancy in a way. This was based on the fact that we have... That there's been a democratization of the media, well, kind of. Now, as, now we're getting capitalism taking things over, as usual. Uh, but there was, at the time, especially when it was written, this was written in 2011, there was a democratization of the internet through, through of, the, of the culture, of the popular culture through YouTube and things like that, which makes sense to me as a form of magic gathering. So in this case, you would generate a major charge from continuously observing the media, which would involve, could be like YouTube surfing or looking at your Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, even channel surfing, which would link it back to the old school video, well, the, the more common video videomancy. Um, you would get a significant, significant charge by creating a work of media witnessed by a minimum of 1,000 people, of which 900 must not know you. This could be TV series, Facebook status, blog post, um, YouTube video, uh, YouTube comment. Um, you would also get another charge when 10,000 people saw it, then when 100,000 people saw it, then a million people saw it, um, that sort of thing. Now, for the major charge, and this is where it gets a bit janky, you would create a work of media that transcends its original medium um something like a rick roll something like your crazy frog um something that would affect the culture at large but where it stops being a source of significant charges it becomes a major charge i'm not sure where that line is
0: looking at sort of the spells that got cataloged here and all that and there's one sticking out at me oh really this is kind of bringing up a decent point to me which is this is a very old meme, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, I've not seen that used in a while.
1: Old memes are the most potent. It's like wine or cheese.
0: That's the thing, right? Is
1: that anytime you're
0: coaching any sort of school in the zeitgeist, anytime you're trying to latch on to the speed of the age and draw some mojo from it, you're playing with fire here because you have no idea when the trend is going to change, when some new technology is going to come out, and make that well start to run dry
1: people don't trust something that seems this out of date this particular school seems to me like it could be easily updated or would have changed like this might be a snapshot of how it existed in 2011 exactly
0: but I mean, the point you're still playing fire but yeah 2011 like this is it almost a decade ago. yes i mean think about this school now and the wake of stuff like deep fakes yeah that's true you know there's the whole thing of like, "Oh, that's obviously Photoshop. Now you can just completely edit an entire video. I mean, people are just slowly trusting things less and less and less. You're taking this one spell to encompass the whole yeah, no, sure, like the whole media dynamic
1: you t- so you're talking about like someone making a real deep fake and it be observed like that video I mean of... if someone
0: creates a deep fake of something enough people believe it, I mean that very easily could become real.
1: Yeah, sure. Like the video of Trump with the uh, the P tape. The there is a supposed P tape online. Is it the real one? If it's the real one, that's a whole different magic. But if it's a fake one, people a lot of people have seen that. You might be getting significant. Someone might be getting a significant charge from that. Think of what how many Russians are getting mojo off. Like, think of all the Russian hackers. Some of them must be getting mojo of what they're doing, maybe through Media Mancy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Media Mancy. I mean, I feel like Hacker Magic would
1: be something entirely different. I think the Hacker Magic, there's different forms. There has to be different forms. It's, it encompasses too much. Yeah. I mean, same could be said of the media, but... My problem with this school is in the taboo uh, because it says, if you spend three continuous hours both awake and not observing social media, you taboo. I think that should be shortened to one hour. Or maybe ten minutes. Like, These days, everyone's checking their phone.
0: Any school, is the harsher it's taboo is, the more powerful it's going to be. The strong. Exactly. So this was, it, as we were saying, like eight years ago. And it's only getting stronger and stronger and
2: stronger. Now, that taboo is probably like half an hour, an hour maybe, like you said. I mean, could the school be weakening? Taboo stays the same. Power of the school just goes down. With what this is about, I doubt it. Social media,
0: web media has only gone more and more powerful. So the taboo would adjust itself to batch. In a way. I mean, it's sort of like a, it's sort of a magical arms race as all these charges are like, oh, well, I can be even more dedicated to the tenants of the school.
1: I mean, it is, comes down to the way both the occult underground and just the modern world works now. Things happen so fast, the cycle is so quick. Um, We could be seeing, like back in 2011, um mancers um could have been using this form of the school they were bright-eyed bushy-tailed and and now they are still using this form of the school but they're jaded and they're weakened compared to like you know we we would have had in this era you would have had mancers who were charging off like deviant art and things like that (laughs) While now it's tiktok and shit
0: were the ones they list here right there must have been a few media answers that were like, oh, blogging is going to get big, right? And those guys sure sell <laughs> back the wrong horse. I think it worked for a while. For a while it was. Anytime you're getting involved in something this new, it's going to be powerful, but you're playing with fire. Like I said, you aren't sure how long this is going to last. The other side of that is when you get involved with something that does have staying power, you again con the snake eating its own tail. The m- lengths that you'll have to go to maintain dedication to this compared to other people.
1: Well, I think, what do you think about this form, Mr. Hat?
2: I think, I mean, to be honest, this entire time I've been thinking about how, I mean, is it dead? Is it just metamorphosing? I mean, I agree with you guys. This, This sounds just like what Videomancy is turning into. A lot of times it's hard to tell if
0: it's a new school that's popped up or an old school that's just... You know, slowly morphing into a new one over time. Honestly, the line between
2: those two is thinner than you might think. If I was a biologist, I would make some joke about evolution, but I am not, and so you shall have to go out with, without that piece of humor.
1: One thing I like about this idea, especially of charging through YouTube, is it opens up some vistas of like how people are charging, uh, because you'd have certain like YouTube-based charge artists who are going with the whole just complete fakeness uh, fake personality fake persona to appeal to like 12 year olds uh, you got your Logan Paul I'd and-
0: imagine that their taboo is not ending a video with it and don't forget to like and subscribe
1: <laughs> exactly uh, that is probably the name of a spell to be honest there's also those videos those ridiculous computer generated um like regurgitations of popular children's songs. Happy Finger Family. Oh yeah,
0: I refuse to believe that there's not someone pwned some major
1: charges off. I mean, yeah, children, that's just getting children to watch things over and over again. You've, you've got their attention. That is so much occult potential there. You're just sucking some of the like, just pure innocent power out of kids who are just being left alone by their parents who don't care, who want to drink wine this is amazing well
0: not just that all those videos are full of whatever the most popular cartoon
1: characters are oh time, sure right archetypes exactly this could be training them in different ways um surprising. oh i'm sure there's some mk ultra stuff going on there oh absolutely like the biggest thing about the biggest mk ultra was much scarier after it became you know privatized and competitive it's just again an arm struggle with that sort of thing this all makes me think about if there are people charging through YouTube. Does that mean that the YouTube algorithm may be controlled by the sleepers? Does demonetization mean that the sleepers have whacked your mojo? YouTube cops. YouTube cops, or maybe the thin blue line has become YouTube cops. That would be interesting.
0: I- I'm sure there's a couple sleepers that are in like the weird like Facebook
2: and content farms, right? No.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> Everything I've heard about those jobs is fucking terrible.
1: But if you're getting charges off of that, it'll help you stay sane a bit. Uh, I'm thinking also with a uh, potential adepts in a YouTube-based magical school. Um, I'm looking especially at some of the like real cringy, um, like the people who. What's is that guy? It's something Chan uh, that does the Sonic, the Sonicu, the combination of Sonic and Pikachu. Um, uh, Christian. Yes, Chris Chan was to all accounts a a troubled young man who was taken advantage of or well, kind of just ended up being ravaged by the internet mob um, of trolls and like lulz lords or whatever you call them. But what if it wasn't? What if he was just an elaborate, what if was an elaborate hoax and he was charging off it? Or if what if there was someone like that who had a persona? So instead of going Logan Paul, like pretending to be cool when he's a piece of shit, he just impen- pretends to be a piece of shit when he's actually cool.
0: When doing that, eventually he's going to start experiencing a point where the sort of Hunter S. Talbot's thing happens, where the mask starts eclipsing the person that was beneath it.
1: Oh, when you get, when you get consumed by your own persona? Especially when you're doing magic stuff, right? That's a
0: very, there's very little danger of that happening. What the persona of Chris Chan may have, you know, just been a character. Who knows if there's anything left beneath that at this point? No mask? No mask! I think now it's time to take some colors, so we'll be back after uh, hearing what Peanut Gallery has to say. Stay tuned. Uh,
2: hello, uh, I don't know who else to talk to about this because the police just hung up on me. But um, there's a cat in my house, and um, I'm I really don't know what to do because uh, because like. I can feel it, like, channeling the southwaves right now. And it's looking at me right now. It's going, all, rrr, rrr, rrr. like, it's not actually uh, doing that. But, like, like you get what I'm saying, right? Like, it's kind of just like, giving me that. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, I, you know, ultimately, uh, the, if the cat's going to get me, the cat's going to get me. But at least somebody knows now, right? Okay, goodbye.
0: Oh, right after um, that. We're back, Uh, and I think we're going to be discussing sort of general ideas for how to use Videomancy in a um, campaign framework.
1: Well, first, I would like to talk about, just to get Mr. Top, Mr. Hat up to speed, I want to talk about um, how it is defined in the training document developed by Greg Stolze for the US military, uh, Unknown Armies. Um, An objective is what the players want to achieve, uh, basically. Um, It comes... There are three forms of... In this
0: case, ideally, an insurgent force, correct?
1: Yes, in the document, it's an insurgent force or, you know, domestic terrorist. Yes. Uh, What's the difference? Let's be real here. (laughs) Now, there is... It goes from local, weighty, to cosmic. This describes... this. Depicts the scale of the effect that you got your objective has upon the universe. Now, a local objective is something that would be manageable, personal, um, that affects you and up to a thousand people, or it hits a narrow geographical area. So these are like, um, for example,
0: bombing an Afghani wedding.
1: Yes, I guess if that you could that. Be a yes, that would be a local objective if you didn't easily have access to a drone strike. Um, if you are bombing an Afghani wedding, as
0: part of the objective could be gaining access to a drone so that, you can bomb. Oh, an okay, wedding.
1: I'm
2: gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. So, these, do these depend on one's capabilities prior to choosing the objective that you well,
1: choosing the objective not. Generally, it's not relative because that would make things a little bit too complicated. It's just usually the scale. So local would be um, affecting a relatively small area or a small number of people. While weighty, the next level up, would be something, an objective which could impact a nation or a state or everyone in the world, if a little bit, only a little bit. Um, so this For is For
0: example, something... destabilizing a Middle Eastern country.
1: Sure, yep. A drone strike in a major city. If, if we go with the drone strike, yeah, a drone strike on uh, a major city, yes, a major western city, would be a probably a weighty objective. Now, cosmic, that's the, the big boy, that would affect the world, the whole world, in a big way, even if it's not directly percep- perceivable. So, if you were to order a drone strike against the concept of NOE, that would be a cosmic objective.
0: Yeah, the changing the nature of reality itself in some way. For example, uh, convincing the world that the nation of Iraq 2 never existed. That's
1: ridiculous. No one forgets Iraq 2. That was the best one.
0: Now, as sort of Thompson was getting into here, these objectives. Um, well, it's easier for a more powerful charger to pull something like this off. It's no by no means limited to a powerful charger. In fact, it's a good idea to keep an eye on the less powerful ones. Exactly.
1: Now, each objective, going along an objective, and achieving an objective, requires pursuing a path of milestones, which are the um, generally a player group or an in- insurgent group would prepare a set of milestones which they wish to achieve to get um, to their objective.
0: You know, you got to get a few little things done before you get the big stuff on there. But one of the interesting things here, right, is that a objective of a smaller size counts as a milestone for an objective of a larger size. So, say we're trying to convince the world that iraq too didn't exist right for whatever reason then destabilizing a middle eastern country a uh significant objective counts as a milestone for that cosmic
2: you got to shake things up
1: before you start playing with their perceptions exactly are you talking about how you can roll the points um from a weighty objective into a cosmic objective
0: all, of, all of this is a significantly abstracted uh, model for what's really going on, but I'm not just talking about that, Just I'm also talking about the fact that a, but yeah, when you complete an objective, you know, momentum tends to carry a bit, but the things that you achieve for a local um, objective would be essentially of equivalent scale and would often count as a milestone for a larger objective.
1: So it's interesting in the sense that, for example, if you're looking at a local uh, objective, there will be different um, actions you could do, different milestones you could complete that would get you where you were going. But a milestone which would be intense or highly efficacious for a local objective would only be petty for a weighty objective. If we're looking at local objectives, an example they give um, as a petty Milestone would be firing off a series of snappy one liners during a local TV interview, which makes sense. But a more impressive action would be, say, for example, a bugging the home or hacking the phone or email account of someone involved. Now, that would be more difficult, more dangerous, so that would count as an intense um, milestone. But if you were doing something weighty, that would just be a petty thing. If, does that make sense? Again, this is
0: all a model for what's actually going on here, but there's only so much you can
2: simplify something this uh, wobbly. The model is taking shape, but I'm not sure if the specifics are quite sinking in, but given that it is just a model of what's actually happening, I
1: guess that's not too important. This is just for the sake of um, providing some structure for what we're going to be discussing today, which is television... Adjacent or video mancy adjacent objectives or campaign frames. Um, so, I was proposed. I was thinking of going from like a local to a weighty to a cosmic um, in terms of television related objectives.
0: What are you What are you thinking there, Tom?
1: Well, this is actually fairly simple for the most part. A local objective for a video mancy campaign or a TV adjacent campaign. Could be something as simple as seeking a major charge. Now, that would be something that's local. A major charge in videomancy is if you appear on your fetish TV program. Now, that could work pretty well. I was thinking along the lines of um, if there was a cabal, which was composed of a videomancer who's, the, who's kind of like the center of it, uh, this would kind of be a, a low-level campaign, which doesn't have much magic. Um, but I'm thinking, have one character who is the Videomancer, but they're kind of weird, because they're a fucking Videomancer, and they're restricted by having to um, watch their fetish show and keep up with it. And a bunch of mundane hangers-on who are actually competent at mundane skills. Because Anonami does the a lot of different magical identities quite well, but it also offers... a a lot of scope for that badass mundane character. And I think that could work as an interesting campaign frame, trying to get your TV-obsessed wizard friend appearing on the local news or the local weather program or a TV drama or something. Because depending on what the fetish show was, it would change how you'd go about it. Uh, what if
0: you're dealing with a cabal who runs a local news station, who runs, or, well, like, you know, public access TV could also work in a lot of ways, but say you have an, a cabal that are trying to use their news program's uh, weather forecasting to actually change the weather in their favor, a sort of weatherman underground, if you will.
1: That could work. I mean, I think in that case, um, because you're sort of putting the cabal before the objective here, which is
0: They tend to go together. When dealing with chargers, usually shared um, goals is pretty much the only thing that keeps them from tearing each other's throat out.
1: Oh, I agree. But I'm thinking that according to the third edition of the training document, you should always go objective first, although in the second edition it wasn't so clear cut. And there are advantages to both ways of doing it, but I—if the—if the objective, well, I don't know if—if if, so, you're set, you're proposing as an objective figuring out a way for the local television weather broadcast to affect the local weather.
0: I mean, if you convince enough people in the local area that the weather is going to be rain, then it's probably going to be
2: rain. I mean, there are methods by which even without convincing people, you can influence the weather. It's kind of sketchy, but.
0: Well, we all know that the U.S. government has access to weather machines, but those could be working on a very similar format. Maybe their weather machines are just their access to the news media, convincing everyone that, yeah, we are going to see a cold front coming in over California tomorrow.
2: I oh, was we just talking about the, the seating planes, you know, the stuff that they've released to the public. But
0: Oh, well, that's probably a, just a front. That's probably a bunch of
1: bullshit. Fair enough. And that's a good idea for a milestone like a heist where you break into a harp facility in Alaska and steal one of their weather machines and drag it in the back of a truck to whatever small town you want to control the weather in.
2: I mean just think about all the things you could do even if you're not even if you're not using that to achieve an objective, that'd still be pretty handy.
0: Another thing is, and this one makes a bit more sense in a bygone era, but, you know, you still see public access TV stations making that progression from public access to regional to national, which has been made before. People, People can't make the jump. Start building that foundation of, we are making some sort of a cult TV show. And gradually working a base up to you know, national or worldwide syndication is well, hey lots of things you could accomplish there I think
1: that you could do that as an interesting camp frame work with the objectives by having making the TV show, making the pilot be the uh, objective There is an idea too, yeah and, and having it become a hit yeah, having it become a hit is the global objective and then well, the cosmic objective would just be like having it affect the world in ways that a television show shouldn't. Uh,
0: Okay, another one, another one, another one. Changing the landscape so that videomancy is back in its heyday, right? Somehow, and this is a big cosmic objective, but rolling things back in such a way that VHS tapes are still widely used. VHS tapes are still popular.
1: So it's like how the sales of vinyl records have started to supersede sales of CDs. You want to do that with VHS tapes.
0: Or, I mean, you know, there's also the even scarier idea of being brought back to the 90s. But no, nah, like, yeah, making them retro in such a way that enthusiasts are like, well, of course, the best way to watch any film worth its salt is to see it on VHS tapes.
1: The famously high-quality VHS tape.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I, this doesn't matter. I am, I am disappointed that none of the spells for Videomancy were given the name. I need to go return some videotapes.
1: You could make a spell.
0: I could. Well,
1: spells may be manufactured. Or you can come up with a spell.
0: Oh well, yeah, I could give it to a, a Videomancer buddy of mine, and he might be able to figure it out.
1: Well the good thing about making spells is that you can just say that you've got a spell and describe it and it's a complete lie and then some video out there will be oh, the people and try of to it re- and they'll be like it can be done so I must do it. Be the change if you want to see in the world. This
0: gum to something that, you know, similar sort of, uh what the filmmaker uh, uh does creating a movie that is in and of itself a ritual in some way. And the act of recording that and then sharing it with a bunch of people will, from the out of the wild, will certainly have uh, some interesting effects.
1: Well, there was the famous um, ritual, um, Fists of Bruce Lee, which is a VHS adjacent. That is when you get a Bruce Lee tape, um, and you pull the tape, you pull the, uh, what's the name of the tape in a, v- in a VHS? Just the tape, right? You yeah, the tape, magnetic, um, tape, magnetic tape, tape. Right. Yep, you wrap your hands in magnetic tape, wrap your fists in magnetic tape from a Bruce Lee movie, and start hitting people, and that gives you a higher chance of success. See, I Bruce heard Lee about Lee this one actually.
0: Now I bring it up, but uh, I was told that you used uh, VHS tape of the first Matrix movie, not a Bruce Lee movie.
1: That could also probably also work, so it depends on the video mancer and their focus points. Um, yeah. I think you'd have to remember that. The Matrix became such a big cultural phenomenon as VHS, and yeah, a that's a good he point. Was dying.
0: Yeah, well, that's weird. That I've heard about that one. Then uh, I um, can
1: I can see someone like just flinging Matrix DVDs in bullet time at their <laughs> enemies.
0: Oh god! I mean, that's the fun thing you can pull from all these movie tropes and stuff. And you know, there's there's chargers that do all that type of thing nowadays. But yeah, they're they're going away from the physical purity of it. Hence why some videomancers out there may want to change the landscape a bit to have, I mean, hell, doesn't even need to be VHS tapes. It could be like, hey, turns out the best way to get film quality is having it be on some sort of physical tape. Like, I think I remember hearing somewhere that, um, like, film reels are way higher resolution, quote unquote than, you know, a 4K television, right? If you find... If you come up with some sort of VHS-type thing that is similar, but using the now crazy high-quality film reels we got
1: access to... Maybe something that looks like a VHS tape and acts like a VHS tape, but is better. Something like that. I
0: mean, none of us are engineers, but, I mean, I'm sure we have a few listening, and...
1: Well, if it was an objective, you wouldn't actually have to be an engineer. You'd just have to do a whole bunch of milestones that would get you an engineer. Like,
0: yeah, here's this guy that invented
1: this great format. Uh, Please do not look at it too hard. They're very fragile. (laughs) Here's here's the engineer who is the cover to make sure no one pokes into our eldritch occult abominations. Well,
0: that is the tricky thing there. I mean, but it's also the great thing about the state of modern technology is that very few people actually know how shit really works so if you convince like the six convince the six people that know how this works then for all everyone else is concerned it's the same fucking
2: thing you just got to point down at the the level that's just one layer below people's comprehension and say that's that's where the magic happens that's where our thing is different and more superior
0: like, do you guys believe quantum mechanics actually is like, do you think that's actually how shit works?
2: Well that's how aircraft fly. I mean there's always the question of birds, but then again birds flap their wings, so it's not a one hundred percent perfect analogy.
0: Birds from personal dissections have like a sort of flight bladder that they kind of like the the wings help to steer. But...
2: Like a like a fish, but for the sky.
0: Exactly. They're they're just sky fish.
2: It's also
1: Real suspicious that I've met in my life quite a few, you know, good, honest, salt-of-the-earth, blue-collar people. But I've never met an actual quantum mechanic, so I'm pretty skeptical about the whole thing.
0: I hear about quantum computers all the time, but when was the last time you saw a quantum IT guy? Exactly. It was the guy who did troubleshooting all this shit to make sure quantum Microsoft Word runs properly.
2: There's a printing company that I used to reference... They they apparently did like quantum printing or something like that, but I was never I I for all I know they did not exist because oh it's printed and
0: it's not printed at the same time I guess so seems like a good way to save on ink
2: I know right it would have been wonderful but I could never get in touch with them and uh, so for all I know they didn't exist and it was just a conspiracy being puppeted to me by my bosses but.
0: Well, if they're a quantum printing company, then it might just be that they keep on moving as soon as you start looking for them.
2: That would explain it. Because whenever I called them, they would be like, yeah, we've changed our working hours. Please, please call back at this other time. And, you know, I'll just get the answering machine. Back to
0: the Videomancy stuff.
1: Um, the question... How about a global objective? What would be a global objective? We could... I mean, global. again,
0: get in some sort of ritual as like a big blockbuster film, taking like a Terminator movie and somehow getting a director role and putting all sorts of hidden occult imagery in there. And, you know, people are going to be like, oh, he's making an artistic statement. It's like, no, I'm actually trying to bring about the robot skeleton apocalypse.
1: Well, I would see that as something you could do with, especially if you're doing an old school video-mattency style or certainly the earlier era, how Twin Peaks was such a seminal water cooler movie.
0: See, I don't think that Lynch is actually a charger. I think that'd be a bit
1: too easy. Oh, sure. I'm just thinking about, like, trying to create a phenomenon like that because that was one of the earliest things where people would sit around at the water cooler trying to figure out theories and discuss the meanings of it, which we saw developed later in through Lost into basically a whole industry.
0: And this applies for, like, any sort of art, really, like you fuck, you could do this with video games, right? Anything that gives that sort of water cooler effect, there's influence there just by the fact that people exactly. are talking about it.
1: So today, having a, getting a success of like Game of Thrones would be a global objective, possibly, or maybe cosmic.
0: Well, that could very well be global objective of make a uh, fantasy
2: publicly accepted as not nerd shit. I mean, it's arguable as to whether Game of Thrones actually did that or not, but that's neither here nor there, is it? Well, just because you're
0: trying for an objective don't mean you're going to succeed. That's a good point.
1: I think that it did in terms of it was a ridiculous idea at the time, but people forget how, like, in the pre-Marvel like, Marvel Cinematic Universe, pre-Game of Thrones world, it was a lot more like the old days. So it's like, no, we're not going to make this fucking terrible sci-fi slash fantasy show and put money into it because it's lame and no one wants to see it. There's exceptions. Star Trek.
2: You
0: have a lot more flexibility with TV for this stuff because for movies, you know, there's sort of a very small range of blockbuster films nowadays. And it's symbolically... Inri- As far as ritual components go, the superhero genre limits you a bit. Sure.
1: And that's more movie-centric anyway. Now, I've got in my list, in my notes um, on a possible global objective would be not just having a hit TV show made, but also having one cancelled. Because if you just, like, this show needs to end, this show's (laughs) been going on too long, we need to end this. A real-world example of something like this um, would be that that petition that someone set up after season eight of game of thrones to like hbo remake this damn thing like yeah. that could easily be a global <laughs> objective like we're gonna use magic to force hbo to do this
0: if they actually change the television landscape in such a way Like yeah we fuck up a couple se- episodes or a season we'll just yeah. do it
1: yeah so and what i like about that is because like the objective is technically a mundane thing not magical at all but it is a hugely difficult like corporations do not like to lose face like that and admit fault so it would be quite funny
0: another idea is say you have a cabal within the upper echelons of a media company like who knows what the fuck the mouse is getting up to i've heard rumors about disney having links to the child pageantry industry to sort of create an MK Ultra program, to create a princess archetype, Mouse has his fingers in a lot of pies, which is why they can't let the copyright lapse.
1: Exactly, that's but that's such a big like. That's just a it's a can of worms. There, it goes beyond television magic into so many things.
2: Yeah, there's 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 more people than just the mouse writing on that one. Like, but, sure, they, they've had their hands on it, but it's not it's not just them that are benefiting.
0: So, like, say you're playing a campaign, what would be, like, a cabal? What would be an uh, objective for them to do some crazy, magical shit? Like, how would they accomplish that?
1: Well, the thing is, with the mouse and its operatives... Not just talking about the up... mouse, but the mouse certainly applies here. Well, okay, one idea I have for, like, a global-level cabal on in terms of TV is the something based on or ensconced within the Sinclair Sinclair broadcast group, which is that company, which goes around buying up local TV stations. Um And like, that's the famous, the company that famously like gave so many local TV stations all over the U S a transcript of a polemic against fake news. That was exactly the same. Um, throughout the country. And that's surely a powerful occult thing. That was surreal shit. Like that could be a good antagonist group. That would be interesting. Like what imagine if because it's assumed that they're just like pretty much just a conservative group. Well it's
0: assumed that they just had a lapse of judgment and gave the same read aloud to everyone else. Maybe the whole goal was to have a bunch of newsacres reading the same read aloud in the course of twenty four hours.
1: That's true.
2: I mean, from sticking with the mouse here, pulling off a Frozen 2.0, you know, just making adding a, another Disney princess that becomes so iconic that, you know, people forget that she's only from a few years ago.
0: On the other end of that, removing a Disney princess from memory entirely.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of shit that. That, like, that would be away. very difficult. Or changing the perception of a Disney princess. Uh, I'm thinking how you. Would do uh, that oh shit! Okay, TV.
0: okay, listeners, I think we're gonna need to cut this. Uh, uh, say say goodbye to uh, Mr. Top Hat, everyone, um, and we're gonna take a caller real quick, and then go on to our next segment.
2: All those cell towers aren't really for phones. They're built by a clandestine government agency called CTAP, who found a way to harness magical energy from unsuspecting people.
0: And welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Uh so with top hat gun we're going to be spending the rest of the show so we're just shooting the shit about various media that we think works as good inspiration for putting this into your um campaign. So, I recently rewatched and I believe Thompson for the first time you watched uh, under the silver lake and I mean, personally, I think that's, like, a fairly interesting place to go. One, just for Unknown Armies, un- called Underground stuff in general, but also for specifically how people obsessed with media would look at the world in particular. I mean, what's your pick on this, Stormson?
1: I th- I liked that a lot, and I thought it is very appropriate for at least some tangentially some elements of what Video mancy is and obsession from a very, like... Fucked up Hollywood point of view. I kind of suspect that the person who wrote that movie may have read The Unknown Army's book. Um, or somehow
0: tapped time. into the underground. Yeah. I, uh, I, I heard. heard it in
1: one scene, I literally heard a woman intoning 333, and I'm like, okay, either this is tapping into some real occult invisible clergy bullshit or they read the greg Stoll's book
0: i mean there's basically straight up in a way an invisible clergy in the movie i mean just for reference here listeners we're diving straight into spoiler territory here i mean all that stuff with the weird pharaoh guys going into talking about ascension and shit going into their bunkers underneath hollywood and i think that's specifically kind of what they're going with the 333 like the lady that's intoning that during the party is like doing some sort of performance art piece about sort of like patriarchy and such. And I mean, the thing you keep seeing this recurring motif in the movie is like all these big dick swinging Hollywood guys always have like three women associated with them, right?
1: Yeah, that's definitely linking in with some like occults and historical precedences. Like I'm thinking Dracula had three brides, did he not? Yeah. Exactly, Dracula did, and there was the guy
0: who gets killed early on in the movie, "quote unquote" killed. When it turns out again, he's just chilling with these chicks down in a bunker. And then there's the guy that Andrew Garfield's character ends up meeting towards the end, who is basically getting
1: prepared to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like I do like that whole setup as for a. Seemingly vast elite conspiracy of which a topic that we will be covering very soon. Yes, <laughs> but that starts off fairly. It's terrifying a little bit, but the fact that they're literally just digging holes and dumping themselves in tombs under the ground and don't and assume that they're going to ascend to the higher the next plane. I mean, that, I liked that because it was like, yeah, they they might just be dying in bunkers. It's fine. And I it mean. Seems very, it's one of
0: those well like part of what they're going into is like oh well you know future societies are going to find us far as methods towards
1: ascension and stuff I mean that sounds as plausible as any other right It it does but what are you going to ascend as like I'm assuming the pharaoh is already up there if there even is a pharaoh um plenty of historical kings have done that and if there's any like buried king up in the Invisible clergy, it's going to be like Qin Shi Huang or Genghis Khan or like an Egyptian pharaoh. None of these Hollywood jack-offs are going to get there, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to try. I
0: mean, an idea that I like and I don't think is entirely out of the question is that one guy in Hollywood ended up pulling this off, right? And then it kind of sort of... The, the story of this ended up spread into all these other big wigs. And they're like, oh, obviously, this is something that we can repeat, right? This is obviously something that he worked for this guy. Obviously, it will work for the rest of us. And it doesn't. They're like, this one guy got into the clergy, and the rest are sort of trying to, not entirely. Understanding how would, th- what how doing. would they
1: know? How would they know that, though? What do you mean? If they bury a rich dude and his three afterlife wives in a, in a hole beneath Hollywood and he ascended to the invisible clergy how would any of his compatriots know that he ended up there leaves the video tape they were just be like hey guys uh, I
0: heard about this crazy thing Uh, turns out it actually works Uh, I can feel myself turning into light you know sort of like a kind of like a naked goddess tape but only among Hollywood bigwigs
1: that might just be the lack of oxygen
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also oh, possible. Well, yeah, there's that bit where he's talking with like the rich dude, and at one point, one of his uh, afterlife wives interjects. like, "I, I had a dream, and we all turned into light and melted together." And then he like kind of side eyes her, and he's basically like, "Yeah, uh, li real life sucks. Um, there, there's no reason to not do this," which I very much liked as the motivation. There, it wasn't like so much of like a, I mean if this doesn't work, what's the worst that can happen? I end up like, accidentally killing myself surrounded by a beautiful woman?
1: Yeah, there is that, yeah, there's that bit where he justifies it by saying like, this is just, this is ridiculous this material plane is just nonsense. Like, he's even like, even kind of speaking to Sam, uh, the main character is like a, it almost in like a, I, you should get on this in your own way. I know you're not rich, but Think about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, going back to sort of the pop culture obsession bit, um, I mean, you know, this movie is very obviously from the main character's perspective, right? And who is obviously a sort of unhinged individual. And I don't think you can just write off this movie as, oh, he's just nuts, right?
1: I think that's a lazy interpretation. It's, it's, It's the interpretation of people who are boring and no fun. But I will say that having I did read a couple of uh, interpretations or theories that people had. Uh, I kind of like the idea, even though I don't. I prefer that the specifically the home. Yes, there's that, that a I fucking. Prefer gr- to think That's of the other
0: thing. Like, just this movie is straight up full of characters that you could just
1: steal for your game. Characters, concepts, like setups. Um, it's it's just it's dripping with them. Um, but someone would say that the homeless king was actually a cop, and I was like, that's "Yeah, that's dumb. very dumb." But then, but then they were going into the fact that the whole dog killer, and the fact that he kept seeing women barking as dogs, and I'm just like, "Hmm, actually, that's that's kind of so interesting. whether
0: or not he's the dog killer, I think like you know that's just definitely a question that the movie sets up, but I think he ultimately probably isn't. Mostly from like like I, I think the movie wants you to ask yourself that question, but ultimately sure. the answer is no, he's not Cause it's the thing that spurs everything is him sort of trying to look into the dog killer, like him talking to that dude with all the death masks, right
1: that's true or life yeah. mask the death mask me. dude um I liked the the way that it if you were doing it in a campaign, I liked the setup of the like underground comic introducing rumors that eventually would come up like introducing the the Owl's Kiss and the Dog Killer and all that as these sort of like really like retro um non-commercial comics that were being handed out by this one guy and I'm like yeah that that makes sense for a way to learn about rumors going on um and again that guy had his obsession with very UA tangent, like uh, adjacent things, the trying to figure things out with the map on the back of the cereal box, and then Sam discovers it's a fucking So that's, Zelda that, map that was the moment <laughs>
0: when I was starting to strain credulity of like, all right, this is just this is too much.:
1: I liked the concept. I thought the way it was found was absolutely. No, nonsense, well, no that's the point like, is it's kinda like the... this thing of like,
0: okay, this is what I'm really starting to distrust his character perspective here. Like again, I think it's lazy just being like the guy that's sure. insane. And I think that all the stuff he's going through is stuff that is pretty much literally happening to him. But, you know, there is something to be said for the possibility that he's basically just being fucked with.
1: Yes, that is that is true. Um uh, he could be be he could just be, yeah, literally deliberately fucked with. I mean, if someone wanted to fuck with someone they could just like spam them with unnatural phenomenon and since we're such pattern recognizing animals like if you spammed someone with enough unnatural phenomenon they'd come away with it with this grand theory about what's going on and that would just be an entertaining thing to do really
0: yeah honestly um i mean there's a lot uh, great other great modes the songwriter the songwriter is great
1: oh i That made me so happy to have, like, this old man aggressively and threateningly playing (laughs) Smells Like Mean Spirit on a piano, and I'm just like, yes,
0: this is the best scene. Oh, God, and just be be like, yeah, like, confirming the main character, yes, all your suspicions about pop culture being totally fake and just a way for rich assholes to signal to each other, that's all true, I'm confirming this for all of you right now.
1: Yeah, it it's great. It's like when you find the truth and it's it's horrible and it's just depressing because one of the things about when you're like searching for some hidden mystery or whatever's behind the real world and you're like trying to track things, it's an adventure. It's like why people enjoy LARPing with the whole Q and On thing and what like drives a lot of like just conspiracy theory stuff because trying to find patterns in reality to prove your preconceptions is just an adventurous, fun activity for people to do. But then if you're confronted with, yeah, we totally did it. And everything that you loved is just bullshit. We made up. Sorry. It's just like, careful what you wish for. You don't want to get it.
0: This whole, the whole movie is sort of part of this weird grand tradition. I'm sort of starting to see, um, of burnout, living in L.A., getting dragged by the nose through... This whole thing starts with Chandler, right? And the Big Lebowski, I think, the thing that sort of brought this whole dynamic into, like, pop culture in a real big way again. You know, that lineage continues into Under the Silver Lake, and uh, the other one that comes to mind is Inherent Vice. Pension's a whole can of worms, and we aren't going to be covering that right now, but... There's this weird sort of... Conspiracy noir subgenre an LA subgenre that I'm seeing slowly peeking out of the ground. And I dig it. I dig it.
1: It is pretty cool. I think part of it is to do with just how how diversely weird and full of craziness LA is. Yeah. And one of the just best ways to like have that and like I I get the idea that LA is a sort of the place where there's always a lot of absolutely random ridiculous shit happening all the time, and the best way to, like, present that in a movie form is to have the protagonist being dragged through a string of seemingly unrelated, like, setups and situations, and and it makes sense. So, as far as discussing
0: uh, Silver Lake, uh, I think we're going to be sh- shifting to something else in a sec here, folks, but
1: the last question is, what do you think
0: the parrot was saying?
1: Oh, God. Parrot. That's probably the greatest mystery of the damn movie. Um, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I, I could not tell you. Um, motherfuck. Mo- you think it was saying motherfucker?
0: Motherfuck. I mean, so, my sort of grand scheme for what this movie's about in a weird way is sort of just Andrew Garfield's character to trying to deal with women because um, the director of, and I'm blaming on the guy's name, But the director of this is the same guy who did It Follows, which is also another movie that is really, really heavily about sort of gender and all that sort of shit. And what Andrew Garfield ends up doing in sort of the end, and again, the whole movie is from his perspective in a way, hence why everything is scored with this grand, like, 50s Hollywood-style orchestra. And, like, the music swells like it's fucking gone with the wind after he just fucked his old neighbor, right? I mean, what the movie ends on, as I'm seeing it, is essentially him being like, Alright, I went through all this shit for this girl that I didn't really know very well. um, Because I was trying to get over this other girl. And the most heroic thing I can do is stay exactly where my life currently is how convenient and fuck a surrogate mother figure
1: i mean yeah sure that that is interesting that the movie kind of subverts the whole trope of the like the girlfriend in the fridge or the mysterious girl that's met and is then mysteriously killed and that sets off the protagonist on like a mission and that does come up later with the billionaire's daughter that's again tipped yeah but it's averted the fact that yet yeah, she's just like, yeah, I'm down here. It's fine. I'm happy. I would. Re- I would like to remain down here. And so it takes the wind yeah. out of his sails. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 a good way to do it. Just yeah, because that's a bullshit trope.
0: Yeah, that's the like that's the issue with the whole fridge thing and that like you know it's ultimately like, all right, we're sort of introducing this character as just something that is a character that has no actual influence and agency within the story. We're showing like. Yeah, she chose to go be the fucking bunker wife of this rich guy that faked his own death. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of like, obviously, I'm kind of apprehensive on, was this the right choice? But I did make this choice.
1: Yeah. And it all, it reframes the whole meet setup thing because it's just her on her like last night out on Earth, like making a connection with someone before she goes underground. And basically she was just going to sleep with him and then fake her death and go underground. And that was just her life swing. So it makes it... She's less of a like damsel in distress and more of a like, okay, okay, guys, I'm going under the ground. I'm going to fuck this random guy. And then that's my life. And I'm going to go underground after that. I'll have one last hurrah. And then I'm like, yeah, that makes that gives her a lot more agency. She she made a choice to like invite that guy in and get stoned with him, um, you know, as a, like one last taste of just the life that she had before she became entombed as the pharaoh's wife.
0: Yeah, the whole exchange at the beginning is very strange. Where it's like, yeah, hey, were you masturbating to me? And then he's like no, no, I was just watching you from my balcony. And he's like, oh, no, it's totally chill. Let's hang out and it get some. It makes stoned.
1: a lot more sense in retrospect, because at the time, I'm just yeah. like, this is, again, another movie written by a dude who's just trying to project his own fantasies about his like."
0: Yeah, you're thinking, oh, she's a Meg Pixie Dream Girl type thing. And that's thing uh, what Andrew Garfield's character is thinking, too. And it's like, nah, she's just trying to, you know... Have one last hurrah up on the surface world.
1: Yeah, before, before achieving immortality. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a lot of agency. That's a hell of a lot of agency if it plan is to become immortal.
0: And th- that's, like, the thing about the Occult Underground, right? Is that it's all this... It's, it's ultimately about people's personal bullshit. Like, there's all this mystical shit going on, but all the motivations are just incidental personal bullshit in the end.
1: I did think that Andrew Garfield's character was... He did remind me of an RPG character in his just random violence um, that they set up pretty damn <laughs> well. And I was so happy with the scene where he just beat up the children. I'm like, you never get to see that in a movie. Never, ever. And it's like, no, I'm not condoning it. He's obviously a piece of shit. But come on. Yeah. Those kids deserve to get some shit happen to them. And it set him up to be... He just beat. He just started beating the crap out of this famous dude as he's on the toilet, and they set it up well. That so I'm like, I wasn't surprised when it happened.
0: It's like again, I think that ties into the pop culture thing. Of like you know, he's he's kind of like a wallflower typey guy. He's so used to like just spending all of his time watching movies and playing video games that he's like, yeah, obviously the way you solve problems like this is by just escalating the violence level very suddenly and jarringly. And to be fair, it does work each of the times it happens. It does work. Um, it shouldn't. <laughs> there should have been consequences, but it does work. Another fun thing, and this is something that neither of us have looked into too much, but it is there. There's a bunch of secret codes scattered all over the place in the movie. Oh yes, like ciphers and oh, shit. Oh, I
1: love, I love the cipher that was in uh, Wheel of Fortune. That concept of like the way her eyes are moving. Is giving signals. I'm like, that's the kind of shit you want to steal for like a video man adjacent campaign. Just like, just things like that. Those kind of signals, like weird behavioral things from, um, the, so those sort of shows from like game shows or maybe news broadcasts and things. Um, yeah, that's that's cool.
0: But then the reaction from as he's telling this, like, the when he's, like, explaining this to the girl of, like, this final, like, yes, I have someone that I'm comfortable enough to tell this shit about. Then she just kind of like, all right, uh, I'm going to go. And then she just never shows up in the movie again. That
1: makes a lot of sense. I mean, that was a smart decision. I mean, with Skunk Man in the bath yelling at you about, like... The secret codes. I mean, it depends on the person. Some people would be like, "That's interesting," but plenty of people would be like, "No, I'm going to just not fuck this guy anymore because it is too much work and it's freaky now."
0: So, well, Under the Silver like has a lot of great stuff to pull from for just general vibe and characters for their own armies. I wouldn't recommend you structuring your campaign that way of literally just pulling the characters by the nose. About the whole thing. Now, there is another movie which I think provides a much better template for how to deal with, like maybe a campaign centered around videomancy and television, VHS, all of stuff. And that, of course, is the late eighties masterpiece. I'm talking about Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. <laughs> um, now,
1: which which sent him into a three year funk after it like failed at the box office
0: (laughs) I did not know that (laughs) well I'm glad that Weird Al Yankovic uh, you
1: know bounced back from that it was real bad it was real bad because it was released at about the same month the same time of the year as the following movies Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade Ghostbusters 2 Honey I Shrunk the Kids Lethal Weapon 2 Batman License to Kill when Harry Met Sally, and Weekend at Bernie's. Like, that is um, oh. a, a heady group of competitors.
0: Yeah, all right. I don't, feel, I don't feel that Weird Al was snubbed so much anymore. He still was, but the movie's got that a second life.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the, just the Wikipedia, uh, which is a cheat, but I don't care. And there's a great story directly from Yankovich was said... Okay, he said in this commentary for the movie... That it was thought that the the movie would save uh, the studio for Orion Pictures. Uh, who oh shit! This is Orion was Ryan, too. Ryan. God. And in the commentary, he states, "Every morning I would wake up to fresh strawberries next to my bed. Then, when the movie bumped, I woke up and no more strawberries. I'm like, that's uh, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> poor oh poor God, weird this is a Great encapsulation of getting involved with Hollywood.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit." I mean, this movie is a very, I think, a very interesting precursor for the 90s in a lot of weird ways. Because, I mean, literally the setup is, all right, we have this, you know, space case dumbass that turns out to be just idiotic and talented enough. Has that exact mix in the perfect proportions to know exactly what, general audiences want, right? Which, um, I mean, sure. that's kind of what a lot of TV just descended. It was there during the 80s, but during the 90s and going to the early 2000s, that's basically what TV just became.
1: I think that, like, yeah, the UHF phenomenon um, in the real world and what it, the movie was trying to tap into, just the weirdness and the um, the ad hoc nature of it, and combined with the humor of Weird Al, at the time, it didn't hit well, but I think one of the main reasons was because it was just all pre-internet era, and like you have a UHH UHS station, it's just going to be whoever is nearby who catches your broadcast, and you're just not going to get enough people who think your ridiculousness is entertaining, because there's just, this world is filled with normal, boring people, but In the internet world, it's just easy to find fucking weirdos anywhere in the world to follow it up. And it's it's a nice encapsulation of that just ad hoc, uh, just Wild West broadcasting that happened back then. And both of these movies, talking about UHF and later Videodrome, encapsulate that zeitgeist in an interesting way.
0: Now, I mean, there's still, like, you know... Public broadcast stations nowadays. I mean, you know, T V isn't getting watched as much as it used to, so far as magical potential, there isn't as much of this. There isn't as much there. But you could still very easily run a UA campaign about running a public broadcast station. You, you could and, do it you know, like And, you know, tying that in with Video Mancy is super easy. And then you just have fun little bits that UHF presents like, oh hey, yeah, the uh the production guy's an alien. Just just throw that in there.
1: No aliens in Unknown Armies. Oh, come on, man. There are no aliens. Everything's a human. God damn it, everything's fun. a human.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, but what exactly is human? It could. You could easily have it like, okay, it's a guy from the future. Okay, maybe this is some weird sort of other space entity. What the fuck is the difference between an alien and just something from another space?
1: Um, because humans made up other spaces, so uh, a creature from another space uh, originates within the human consciousness, so that's fine.
0: Oh, of course! So do aliens! Okay, in in that case,
1: then yes, alright, in that case, if if we're doing the aliens as like a weird representation of the human idea of the other, then yes, they're aliens.
0: Like, you know, all that stuff with abductions and shit, paralleling very heavily with uh, historical accounts of being kidnapped by Fae yeah of course it always comes back down to humans
1: very suspicious I mean it could
0: also just be the mole people that is also possible
1: I mean the it's in the name mole people I guess it's not mole humans
0: exac- no exactly that's the thing they're still humans I mean like fuck it even if you're dealing with a future thing like there's plenty of theories out there about Grays being like what humans look like after we've you know been fucking with our genetics and biology for thousands of years right we're still fundamental it is kind
1: of nonsense though because evolution doesn't happen that quick and if we were going to genetically engineer ourselves into something why would we make ourselves into these weird like asexual gray creatures like we don't need to have big heads to have big brains they've disproved that like there's no real linkage between size of head and intelligence that's, like, some 20th century nonsense. I, I've
0: seen the idea thrown around that, like, the whole Greys thing is, like, the, their space suits or something, right? Okay. That, like, you know, they, they're still, like, weird dwarf pygmy people, but they aren't as exaggerated as the Greys are, right?
1: That That is interesting. Like, the Grey just, like, unzips. I mean, the
0: other idea there is that it just straight up is the Fae. Just putting on different masks as the New Age warrants it,
1: but... I mean, yeah, that makes complete sense.
0: Whoever is the one manning the cameras and keeping the tubes unclogged at UHF, whether an alien or something else, there is fun potential
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even like, the one thing you could do is, it could, a campaign based on a UHF scenario could work. So, quite another well idea, right? As, wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait let, me, let me get it through. Um, it could work well as a like historical like set in that like guys of the 80s, but it could also work really well in the modern time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's the thing. Like, you can easily do UA campaigns and like past stuff. Hell, there's one that takes place in medieval Prague, though. That that whole uh, essentially the Magdalene is kind of a
1: sort of the uh, redhead stepchild of the whole UA line. Let's be real. Yeah, we could talk about that in more depth in a future episode uh, because it is it is weird. Um, but yeah, the historical, and especially that era, I mean, you were, uh, the, the, the term, the Greg Stoll's term released, what, um, uh, the first one, first edition was 99, I think? Oh, I think um, it was before that, even. Maybe 97. Um, second edition, yeah. I think, 2003. Right. It was very much linked, the first, second edition was very much linked with the 90s Zeitgeist, because the 90s lasted yeah. until 2001, as we all know. Um, <laughs> uh, but the it still was very much digging into uh, 19, 1970s, 1980s ideas, pop cultures, like, geisty the ideas um, to build the the world. And that means that this, especially the 1980s, because the 1980s are great, and while we're getting so much nostalgia for it now, it's the same as in, as in the actual 1980s, people were getting super nostalgic for the 50s. Uh, now the 80s are our, like, world, which is really familiar and not so different and we can kind of get it but it's also a completely alien place where people thought like there were that satan was talking through like the records and there was and that the world crazy. could end in
0: nuclear armageddon at any time well, It
1: absolutely could it's still good but it, it's yeah but th- th-
0: that fear isn't there so much
1: right it's not so we have other problems
0: <laughs> yes exactly I agree wholeheartedly with that. I mean, like, I think you can do a lot of stuff with the idea of nostalgia in UA, too. Like, imagine, like, another space that is sort of this weird bubble of the 80s.
1: That just sounds like San Junipero. <laughs> but another space version.
0: Yeah, and that could be a fun spin, right? Like, you start with a campaign. It's like, oh, this is obviously like, a Stranger Things ripoff, right? And then it just takes into a very sh- weird, sharp turn when it realizes, like, yes, the government agency it's preventing everyone in this bubble from knowing that it's actually the year 2019
1: i would like it for if the government agency in the in the the government agency was just the government agency from inside the bubble that was likely yes, exactly. like, <laughs> like they, they, this isn't the government they just
0: they, like th- this is not seriously with the actual
1: us government anyway they just are they th- putting on the pretense that are. they are. maybe they think they are the us government <laughs> but they are just a crazy man's uh, vision of the U.S. government. And they're slowly figuring it out, like an existential crisis for this conspiracy.
0: Well, but that's part of the thing, right? Everyone's a conspiracy theorist nowadays. Like, you know, during the 90s, during this whole zeitgeist, where Unknown Armies originally came out of, where we are dealing with all this weird, wacko conspiracy stuff, nowadays just... A lot of people believe that. Like, if you look at the statistics, right, like, around, like, I think it's, like, over half of the U.S. government think, sorry, not the U.S. government, the uh, uh, system of the United States think the U.S. government lied about 9-11 way, right? Like, just everyone kind of low-key believes in that stuff.
1: There are, there's so much lack of trust in think, the media and the, the, the narrative that things have gone, like, to the other extreme. Um, because it was different in the 90s. In the 90s, there was a lot of playing around with, like, conspiracy theory. as it, seen was it was that fun. It was fun. It was so much fun. The aliens were doing craziness and there were chupacabras running around. It was fun, but now it's just... It's just, it's all pedophiles and, like, the, the, the movie that you remember wrong and you get someone else who also remembers it wrong and you think that you're in the wrong universe because you think South America looks like it's too high on the map and it's like it goes either it's really dark or it's really nonsensical and there's so much to mine from it but it's not as fun as it used to be but then again it might have been because I was a kid reading like magazines yeah. and it's less when like even back in that day there was a bit of like when all the conspiracy nonsense was like in magazines and books there was a little bit of a healthy gatekeeping. Um, so the nonsense was the best, tastiest nonsense I mean, I' <laughs> say just like
0: remove all gatekeeping together on that man i I mean like agree, you know the the appeal of conspiracy theory is in a sense, the world isn't what it outwardly presents itself as in reality, it's blank with blank often being whatever. Hughes closer to your preconceived
1: biases. Yeah, whatever Hughes closest to the, the the main societal bugaboo of the time, which is why it was all about like the Satan. Well, not just that, the day. like the the
0: whole idea of like the uh, Mandala effect, right? The yeah. Mandala effect. Yeah. Excuse me. The, this idea of like, well, I remember something kind of weirdly. Nah, it can't be. You know, I'm just having a <laughs> just misremembering something. Obviously, there's some weird parallel universe shit going on.
1: I can't be wrong. I must be in a parallel world. <laughs> Which,
0: I mean, I understand that feeling as someone that goes through that sensation very frequently. But, yeah, but it's different for you because you actually else, end up in of, different worlds. And we talked heck. about this. <laughs> but
1: yeah. it's different for these people because they're usually kids. It's usually pretty teenagers and things for the most part who... I mean, th- that's the type
0: of character Under the Silver Lake is about, ultimately, right? And that is that's good. That's the type of person that movie's about. And it is
1: a good, um... I thought we were talking about UHF now. We're, no. I mean, we're
0: tying it all together, man. Yeah, that's There's true. That's point. true. We, All these are de- all these films are dealing with certain th- similar things. I mean, like, going to the distrust of the media stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Videodrome came out in, like, the early 80s, and that was still tapping into that.
1: Definitely. That is true. That was all there throughout. Um...
0: I mean, Videodrome is such uh like, you know, I was rewatching it, and yeah, it's such a great snapshot. Like, UHF sort of is, but TV was never like that. I mean, what the, the world that UHF presents is, the entertainment world is much closer to the internet nowadays,
1: right? Sure. Uh, well, it's because it's Cronenberg, um, and he was, you know, a forward-thinking guy, uh, yeah. possibly clairvoyant. Uh, no, that's not the word. What's the word I would for... not be surprised. Yeah, probably possible. I mean, I think Weird Al
0: also has some stuff going on. All I'm saying, man, is that guy played by the Kramer dude. I'm pretty sure he's channeling the fool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think quite likely. Um, I think Michael Richards is channeling the fool as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, not impossible. Yeah, I mean, there's a that's a there's some fun synchronicity there. Someone channeling the fool as an actor, oh. playing character, channeling the fool.
1: Yeah, what, what is, or if he's not channeling the fool, he's following some, he was at least following some weird adept. Like, what sort of charge do you get for, like, unfunnily using the N-word in a comedy club? That must I be a large charge. That. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can just excuse
0: I, that. I don't think you can just excuse that. oh, obviously, there's some magical ritual there. Like, no, I think he was just mad and also kind of racist.
1: Yeah, that is, that is more <laughs> likely. That is much more likely. I guess I shouldn't be. Um, it's not a- impossible.
0: <laughs> it's certainly not impossible, but I, I, I certainly hope uh, race r- racism, or whatever, is not a I ha- not a
1: thing. I think it is, and I would like to get into this, but it's so dangerous. But because I was reading recently about Alan Moore and his um t- his um theories on chaos magic and uh, language as magic, and I was thinking like, wow, like taboo words are basically the closest thing we have to like actual magical effects that are beyond
0: that's actually huh yeah no there's definitely something
1: there um and it would be less about like race mancy, which is already terrible but it is about being offensive being offensive but then again being offensive might be a way to get magic because it would depend on the era like if it was a hundred years ago and you were following some kind of offensive mancy you're going to use more um sexual terms and more religious terms because if you look at like the way taboo terms have changed over time like like the 19th century was religious terms were like damn and stuff was still seen as bad but then they sort of in the 19 early 20th century um they sort of lost their power by the mid-20th century they were gone like like at the time when um oh what was it? it was like Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Like they had to fight for that to be included because that was—I I, swear—but by like the 1950s, 1960s, no one, no one cared. And you're seeing the same thing with uh, "fuck" and any kind of like sex-related or scatological taboo words. Like you—it's just doesn't mean anything anymore because no one cares. Because it's like, why? Why is it a? Why is it a taboo word? No one, no one gives a shit anymore. Um, And that's why it's really interesting. I'll notice sometimes, um, like you're looking at uh, comments that people leave, uh, you will occasionally find someone who's either really old or really out of touch, who is just like, oh my god, the media these days, they just drop the F-bombs all the time, like, it's just filthy, terrible, back in my day. And it's just like, it shows a little bit of a lack of awareness because it's just like, yeah, back in your day, people were like really racist and really homophobic in a more obvious and accepted way. And now we're less so, but we say fuck. I mean, this is a give and take. There's a natural... <laughs> that's kind
0: of that's kind of what... <laughs> James Woods' character in Videodrome, that's his entire argument in a way, right? It's like, yeah, I'm peddling scum, essentially. I'm peddling like snuff almost but society needs that drainage pipe society needs that place for everyone's well, yeah, well, awful is, awfulness to go to
1: it's true um on to a certain extent like it's such, yes. something that's easily exaggerated but at least with the, in terms of language like people can just yell about filthy language uh and profanity and say it's bad um until the cows come home but one thing you'll notice is it's always existed in human society forever. It's just different words are bad, depending on what the society. Mainers are
0: always going to get pushed against because there's always going to be a point when people are like, "Yeah, these are kind of these are kind of bullshit." People can talk about how gross, like something like snuff would be, something like video drone would be, but you go like, read like old historical accounts of what people did for fun and. People used to go for executions for like in their spare time. Uh, like, it was a if someone if a live execution was happening, yeah. that was like a that was a local media event. Not
1: even that long ago. Um, no. Not even that long ago. Um, I that reminds me a bit. I be, I watched um, the first couple episodes of the new Watchmen series, which is apparently so controversial. But um, I haven't seen it yet. I was reading because it's okay. This is the early stuff. Is start, there any early, uh, is
0: there any chaos magic in that one? Oh
1: no, oh well, yeah, I think you can interpret it different ways, but it opens, the first episode opens with um scenes from the uh destruction of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma back in well, 1921. Um and I was reading and it's a, it's a really strong scene, but I was reading about like the the filming of it and such and they mentioned that during the when there's a couple of uh, scenes that they cut out um for time, but it did show that um it would depict um like the white women coming down just to just like stand around and watch all the mayhem going down and i'm like that wasn't very long ago like people that sort of thing like going down to watch people getting fucked up uh, by either the state or by a mob is something that is not a historical thing people will still do that um if they get away with it
0: and so maybe there's something to be said for video drone providing like a sluice for that. I'm not saying long live the new flesh, but
1: <laughs> Well, you're not not saying it. Exactly. You <laughs> you're not you're not you're not a a loyalist to the old flesh.
0: No, I I'm, I'm by no means a loyalist to the old flesh. I, honestly, if I have am I presented with a choice between having a VHS player in my chest and not having one in my chest, I mean, having a VHS player in your chest is pretty dope.
1: Yeah, but it depends if if some people are using it to like shove VHS tapes into you and make you do shit. Like, I don't want that.
0: That's that's fair. I mean, there, there's something very appealing about just having a built-in media player.
1: The, yeah, we talked about before with the old-school Video um, the one, the pre-Video Videomancy. Video uh, Um, it it had some spells that were very much along those lines, probably directly ripped off. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah right. that that was
0: that whole thing was very obviously taken from Cronenberg in some way. Yeah,
1: but it's good because I uh, specifically this, the, the there was the video spell where you could just like you could get charges by inserting a videotape into yourself, um, not necessarily through the chest. I don't think. Um, there are lots of places you can insert. I mean, a video it's basically tape. What I, whatever means
0: is available, right? Yeah.
1: There's also the one where you can keep copies of your consciousness or your soul, quote unquote soul. On videotape, so you're essentially immortal. That seems to be linked very strongly with um, oh the character from Videodrome, whose name i forgot, forgotten, the inventor of the uh, process who got killed by the weird company.
0: Oh yeah, um, Oblivion. Oblivion. That's right, yeah. Doctor Oblivion. And
1: that's something I would prefer as an idea over, like, what you were saying before about um like having the Fae or the alien like guy who owns it. Um, it's good, but I I prefer the idea of, like, this mysterious guy on videotape. Maybe if you were to combine Videodrome and UHF concepts, you could have a a campaign where people (laughs) have got, I mean, yeah, come on, we gotta do it that way. That's the best way to do it. Um, Yeah, this place is owned by, like, they, they, anything
0: that's, anything that's in any way combining UHF
1: and Videodrome I'm sold out. There you go. Just in general. Like, so they in the UHF, he wins the deed to this UHF television station, right? In a poker game. Yes. And you could just have that set up, but like you'd have the previous owner. He's still around. He's dead, but there's all these videotapes with his consciousness on there, and he knows things. And you could you could make him as helpful. You could make him as like antagonistic. There's lots of different ways you could go with it. So um,
0: during my last uh, campaign... Some of my uh, characters, uh, one of the things that ended up happening there was they ended up uh, chancing across a videotape that they had basically given into it by one of the uh, big charges in the local scene. And for safekeeping, uh, we never ended up finding out exactly what was going on with the tape. But each time you play the tape, you know it basically looked like a what was shown was a footage of just a woman in like a bedroom right just reading or sleeping or whatever. but each time they play a tape it'd be something different, and there's sort of like this mysteriousness about obsolete media types
1: that oh of course
0: that make it ver- make them very good for just doing because re- i mean people i think have nowadays have a better idea almost of how a dvd or how a .mp4 file works than how a VHS tape works so like old analog stuff has that sort of similar appeal that uh clockwork machinery does of just i mean there's obviously craftsmanship here but as far as i know it's fucking magic and in this case it literally is so there's a nice Something like that is a great way to ease someone into the underground
1: absolutely, and like the tangibility and the um, coherence of it, like having a a videotape, like a physical thing if you ha- if you have your magic bullshit on a videotape it's there's a lot more weight and significance to that than if you have your you send someone some magic bullshit on as an attachment to an email or a Google Drive link. It, it it sort of lacks the gravitas.
0: There's also, in a way, a lot less, like, wiggle room. Like, if you see sh- some weird shit in person, then it's very easy to just tell yourself, alright, that was weird. This is never gonna happen again. I'm totally fine. You got something physical, and specifically something that works more than once, it gets a lot harder to not.
1: Yes. I mean, you can still, there's all, all sorts of ways with videos can be fucked with or just be faked or whatever, but it it seems less likely than in our world of, like, f- fake faces and, like, like easily accessible special effects through the internet.
0: It's, uh, something I see on a VHS tape, I'm going to think is more reliable in a weird sense. Like, yeah, sure, someone could technically, like, do some weird deepfakes bullshit and then put it on a VHS tape, but I, I don't think anyone's going to bother. Exactly. So I, I see something on a VHS tape and I take it much more face
1: value. And especially it's, like, how you encounter um the tape like if you find uh, a weird videotape in your like dead uncle's attic or you find a weird videotape like in like a closing down blockbuster sale and you just like what the hell is this and you find and you see some thing that you don't recognize it doesn't look like a movie uh it doesn't look like special effects it looks like some real magic shit I mean, it definitely could be fake, but just the way the it's gotten to you makes it be like, what the hell? This, is this real? In that sort
0: of grainy, graininess, like the, the low resolution, snowy fuzziness, there's a lot more that can sneak in between the lines there. Like, you know, you see something in 1080p, you're going to see like the weirdness and the special effects. You're going to see the, you're going to see the seams of whatever trickery they're pulling, right? Yeah. For VHS tape, that fuzz obscures the scene somewhat.
1: And makes it more real in a weird exactly. way. Exactly. It's interesting. It's an interesting tie in with that, um, with the soap opera effect where they have the, the digital TVs that are just, well, it's a super, what is it? They, um, the frame rate's too high and they, some of them, they will, if they don't, if the, the frame rate of the actual, um, material isn't good enough, the TV will. Like extrapolate what it thinks it will be, and it just looks ridiculous. And I'm like, there's gonna be some symbolism in that. It's just like when it's too real, we just don't accept it. We're just like, no, no, that's that's clearly well, fair. yeah. what well,
0: well, and I also think too, like, what's the significance of the number 24 specifically, the frames per second that is standard for film? Why why that specifically?
1: It, it's 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 23, the number of synchronicity and you.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I think that's a damn good note uh, on Mr. Torpson. So I think we're going to be signing off here, listeners. Um, keep tuned for later episodes. We're going to be sending even more over the airwaves. And just stay tuned, everyone.
1: Did you? By the way, did you kill Top Hat? N- okay, we'll, we'll, we'll work that out later.
0: We'll see you uh, later, listeners. We, 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 have, have a good, good day. day evening, y'all.
1: All right, all right. I'll see all of you in your dreams.
0: And as always, I'd like to close with putting a word out for all you secret soldiers and unknown armies out there. Keep finding the good fight. Stay tuned for further transmissions.
2: I'm feeling a flood of emotion right
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. Humiliation, <laughs> oh. embarrassment, oh. a little hungry. <sighs> you made a fool of Lyle again on national TV. No.
0: It's all games out here in la-la land. That's but right. uh, when you're driving yourself home
2: tonight and your Datsun 280ZX, remember this. <laughs> I know where you live beyond.